Good evening. It is across the tracks. We are in the middle part of March, and spring is almost sprung, except out your way, my brother. <laughs> You're right, my friend. Man, it's <laughs> blizzard conditions out here, snow blowing, and, uh, you know, it's all good, but it's springtime in the Rockies, and uh, it's something we sort of prepare for. Either we get this major big snowstorm in March or April. This year looked like it may be March, but uh, who knows, because it snowed in uh, May here one year, so <laughs> yeah, it all depends, man. But uh, other than that, it's all good, and uh, we're back. Uh, we've been gone for a minute. Uh, but we're back tonight, and like you say, man, middle of March, man. I don't know where time is going, but uh, we're here at the middle of March, and today's Pi Day. You know, people who are who are into science and whatnot, it's Pi Day. Yep. And yep. Uh, so it's all good, man. All good. And uh, looking for an interesting broadcast tonight. We got some some interesting topics to discuss and uh, reflect on tonight. So glad to yes, be sir. here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And a shout out to my daughter, Stephanie, out in Fort Collins. She said they're going to get about four feet of snow. Whoa. And uh, I told her to keep her behind in the house. And she's got a little she's got a little puppy dog that she's had for a few months now. And the dog just loves the snow, loves yep. to run crazy out in the yard. And uh, she sent some video of a uh, dog's name is Izzy. Izzy, and, okay. <laughs> and she uh, sent some video of Izzy rolling and flopping around in the snow. So, yeah, but we're back and we're we going to have some decent topics tonight, okay? We are. Uh, we're going to start tonight's uh, episode off with some memorials. We have four or five individuals that we want to talk about, um, maybe some more than the other. And then we'll just move on to the main topics for this evening. Sounds uh, like a plan. First individual is uh, a guy that was an NFL player and became the first uh, the first uh, black uh, broadcaster of NFL football, and that is Mr. Irv Cross. He lost him a uh, week before uh, last week, and uh, he was um, uh, one of those guys that was a trailblazer who made the transition from the football field to the broadcast booth and yep. did a did a wonderful job for NFL films. Uh, he was a good analyst. Uh, he was a um, an excellent play by play or color man as far as the NFL goes. And he was able to bring a different aspect of the NFL uh, to uh, uh, television because he played the sport as well as being a broadcaster. Absolutely. Yeah, trailblazer. Um, man, you you know, again, I, I've never been a huge football fan, but I do remember, you know, the times when you tuned into the, to, you know, to the NFL game of the week on, on, on CBS on Sundays, and there would be, um, you know, this black guy, you know, uh, in the booth, you know, and you're like, wow, that's, that's interesting, man. So definitely a trailblazer and, uh, you know, set the standard for, you know, a lot of the guys now that have transitioned from the playing field to the booth. So um, he will definitely, uh, you know, left a legacy for a lot of folks to follow, man. So yep. rest in peace, rest in power, Irv Cross. Rest in power. Most definitely. Yes, Most sir. Definitely. The next guy is a civil rights um 
not an icon, but a civil rights advocate and a very close um, friend and colleague and advisor to former President Bill Clinton. And that is Mr. Vernon Jordan, who happened to get his degree from DePaul, Indiana, DePaul University, which is in Greencastle, Indiana. He's got his undergrad there. So what are your thoughts on Mr. Uh, Vernon Jordan and his famous family? <laughs> yeah, um, like you said, I, you know, he was active in the civil rights movement, um, you know, but again, I, I would not categorize him in that icon level, per se. No, no. Um, you know, I wouldn't put him in that that icon level. But um, as a civil rights activist, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, the things that, um, you know, he pretty much was Bill Clinton's um, confidant, um, you know, during his his uh, presidential administration, he provided a lot of sound advice uh, to <laughs> yeah. President Bill Clinton at the time. And uh, he was a lawyer, lawyer by trade. Um, I mean, just, uh, you know, worked also in John Kerry's campaign, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during the 2004 election. I think John Kerry was running. And, um, you know, just uh, one of those guys that was behind the scenes quietly doing work. Um, didn't really cause a lot of fanfare. You didn't hear a lot of negativity, per se, about Vernon Jordan and whatnot, but he was beso- behind the scenes uh, doing the work uh, that needed to be done. And I, I think the Clinton administration um, benefited tremendously from having him on board. Um, beyond <laughs> he, that, he brought that? Bill, he brought Bill some eye candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of eye candy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just saying. Um, yeah, yeah, just saying, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, did did the work, man, did the work and, um, you know, just, you know, big, big part of Clinton's team, man. And then yep. what he did after uh, he left the Clinton administration, uh, he was heavily involved with a lot of corporations, um, investment banking firms, whatnot. I mean, he, he still was out there doing a lot of good work within the community. So those are my thoughts. Uh, how about yeah. yours? He's, he was the, the guy that was a confidence to uh, former President Bill Clinton, for sure. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, got his degree from small small school in Indiana, uh, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Uh, and and moved on from there. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the next guy. The next guy is a, mu- a musical guy who was the he was the um, how can I say he was the guy that was behind the scenes that made Bob Marley a household name. And if you remember. Uh, Bob Marley started, his group was called Bob Marley and the Whalers. Whalers. Yep. And so we lost Bunny Whaler, who was the last surviving member of the Whaler brothers who helped launch Bob Marley to to become a popular icon and to bring uh, reggae island music to the forefront in um, the world. Yep. So Bunny Whaler, he passed last week as well. 
Yep. Yep. He, uh, he, Peter Tosh, uh, Bob Marley, uh, you know, the original members of that group. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, a reggae legend, a reggae yes. legend. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the next person we want to chat about is uh, what I call him, man. He's he's an old school news guy. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, again, a guy that we saw quite a bit on television during our, our era growing up as kids. And that was Roger Mudd, uh, who was an anchor, I believe, for the uh, CBS Evening News for for years. Yep. Uh, and he was, you know, like you say, man, a old school news guy gave you the facts. And uh, he uh, anchored CBS. He also did some work on NBC. On NBC, so, uh, right. right. Um, and then he, later he became, uh, he was the primary anchor on um, the, for the History Channel. So, yeah. uh, but old school news guy, along with uh, Huntley and Brinkley and Frank McGee and Walter Cronkite in that era, man, in that vein. Uh, just to, you know, give you the facts. No, you know, nothing. Just here's the news. And uh, a bit nothing like what we got going on today, but yeah, no sensationalism. Uh, yeah, no just, sensationalism. That's the fact, uh, Legendary in the in the news game and in the journalistic arena, um, big time, man, big yep. time. Yep, big time. Yeah. He took over big for Walter Cronkite. Cronkite, whenever Cronkite wasn't on, Roger Mudd took his place, usually yep. on the weekends and so on. Yep, 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 yep. He will be missed as well, man. Uh, it it seems, again, man, we, we come on and we seem to talk about a lot of these people, man. It's like we watch these people on television growing <laughs> up and and it's like, man, they're they're leaving us, you know. And uh, it, it just, wow, it just, I don't know, man, it makes you think. And uh, and I don't know, it's just, I guess it's the cycle of life. As, yep. uh, as we know, it's the cycle of life. And so uh, this next person. Uh, that we want to talk about um, a lot younger than Roger Mudd. Roger Mudd was 93 when he passed. Uh, this next gentleman we want to talk about uh, is a boxing legend. That is Marvelous Marvin Hagler, uh, who passed, I believe, yesterday at the age of 66. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvin Hagler, man, again, I call it the the golden era of boxing. You know, back when you had boxers uh, in, you know, they were well known. You had the heavyweight division. You had the the George Foreman's. Ali was still around. Joe Frazier was still around. Um, you know, people were the Spinks brothers were still around and whatnot. And then you went down to the other weight divisions There you had the Marvin Hagler's, the Sugar Ray Leonard's, the Roberto Duran's, all those guys. That was the golden era of boxing, in my opinion. Right. Um, right. And this we, was, like, it was before. Oh, go ahead. It was it was before pay-per-view. Yes. Yes. And, and a lot of these fights, as I think you mentioned before on other previous podcasts, we watch these on uh, ABC Wire World of Sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Free. You know, so uh, Marvin Hagler, uh, boxing legend. I, I And most people, if you're if you're a boxing fan, you will probably say, man, that his 1985 fight with Tommy Hearns. Um, the the first round of that fight was probably the most exciting uh, three minutes in boxing. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean that that was a brutal first round of boxing, man. And then the fights he had with Sugar Ray Leonard as well. Uh, one of the things I really liked about Marvin Hagler was after he finished, 
said he was done. He wasn't. He didn't come back. He didn't come you know, back. He, right. he wasn't trying to come back and, and fight and, and extend whatever. He said, I'm done. And he left the game intact. Um, you know, he, he's had most of his money, went on to do some other things. And so that's one of the things I admire about Marvin Hagler. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. He Middleweight is probably the toughest division because – they're not so big that they can't move and just slug like the heavyweights. The heavyweights, other than Ollie and I think Larry Holmes a little yeah. bit, um, those guys didn't move too much. They just slugged it out. The flyweights, the welterweights, and so on, there's a lot of speed guys, you know, up and down and so on. The middleweights is that is that era area where you had some speed and you had some power. You had a combination of both. And uh, Marvelous Martin Hagler had that. He was strong. He could move around. And he, if I remember correctly, he was a southpaw. Yep. Okay. And which there weren't very many southpaws that were out there. And so, as you mentioned earlier, uh, when he decided to give it up, I think it was his last fight that it ended up being a draw with Sugar Ray Leonard yep. that he basically said that, you know, I, he's too popular. You know, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm never going to beat him. They're always going to become a draw. So I'm done. I'm out of here. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, he was, he was that, that guy who uh, had a little bit of power, a little bit of speed and was a Southpaw, which was unusual for the time and was a hell of a boxer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, we, we just want to say to all the folks we've talked about here for the last uh, few minutes, you know, rest in peace, rest in power yep. uh, for the legacy that they have left behind, um, um, you know, in this world, you know, that that will not be forgotten anytime soon. So, yep. all right, my friend. So right. we got some topics tonight to chat about. Last Sunday night at this time, we weren't on the air last week at this time because um, the NBA All-Star Game was taking place. So we want to kick off uh, the show tonight to talk a bit about the NBA All-Star Game and a subject related to basketball that we want to throw in with that. Uh, but I'll let you kick it off. Uh, your thoughts on the NBA All-Star Game. What, what, <laughs> what, what were your thoughts? Well, let me tell you this. I tuned it in for probably 35 seconds. 35 seconds. <laughs> not 35 seconds. Wow. As soon as I didn't see any defense, I went, eh, that's not basketball. <laughs> and so I came back. I would check on it periodically here and there. I just didn't watch it. And I've told you before, and I've told the world that I just don't watch a lot of basketball anymore unless I go to a high school game. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, the next morning when I woke up and saw that the score was 170 to 50, <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed simply because there's no defense being played, you know, and I think because of the players don't really want to be there, that the NBA has chosen. This is what we can do to fill arenas. Of course, they weren't filled because of COVID. Right, this right. is a way that we can 
take our brand and show a positive light on things because, you know, everybody had charities that they uh, 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 provided for. And so the more that they score, the more money went to charity and so on. So that's a positive aspect of it. You know, they were there. Most of them didn't really want to be there, but they were there to help their charitable causes and help the NBA out and so on. I think once they got there and started having fun, you know, it it was okay. But uh, 170 points, I mean, that's sad. That's just me. You know, you watch more basketball than I do. Uh, but there's no fun in 170 points. You know, I know the NBA players don't want to get hurt and stuff like that. Right. So they're not going to play a bunch of defense and stuff like that, you know. And it's it's all about you know the show. So yeah, yeah. Those are my thoughts on it. Disappointed, yeah. but yeah, that's that's yeah. me. Yeah, I, I applaud the fact that um, the, the the points scored uh, and the money they raised from from scoring those points because they they I think for each quarter whoever won each quarter so much money was donated donated to an HBCU which is yep. hey you you can't deny that's a worthy cause. Yep. yep. Now the one issue I have with with All Star Weekend and what it used to be All Star Weekend because of COVID it was just a day this year. The game, the game is the game. You always expect that there's not going to be a lot of defense played. I mean, that's it's it's a it's a playground game. That's what it is, right? But what Hell, I even have, on the playground we played defense. <laughs> yeah, even on the playground we we played a little defense. But uh, it's a show. It's a yeah. show. Yeah. And you have to roll with that. That yeah, this is entertainment. But the issue I have with with the with the NBA All Star and the festivities uh, is that the the event that I really used to look forward to was the slam dunk contest, and the slam dunk contest to me is not is not what it was because the best players don't participate in it. Right. For whatever reason they refuse to participate in it, or they'll they'll participate one year, they win the title. They won't come back to, uh, you know, hey, go defend your title. So you you had some decent dunkers in the contest last week. But the guys who I think should have been in that contest, for whatever reason, they don't want to participate. So I've, you know, talked to a few people who who are basketball junkies when I'm like, just get rid of the slam dunk contest. If you can't get your top players to to say, hey, I'll participate in it, like the days of Michael and Dominique and Dr. J and all these guys. They participated, yeah. you know, they yep. participated in it. Vince Carter and all those guys. These guys now, it's like they don't want to do it. So I tend now to watch. Uh, the, the event I really like watching now is a three-point contest. <laughs> that That is like, man, you got some guys out there that's really stroking that ball, man. And Curry, Curry is just amazing, which he wanted. Uh, but they need to refine the slam dunk contest or do away with it because the best players don't participate. And there's not a lot of creativity either. Yeah, I mean. If you go back to Jordan and those guys, there was a lot of creativity. Right, right. You know? Right. And uh, and again, it, you back then, man, you had the top guys participating. They they didn't have an ego about participating in the dunk contest. Right. 
Now, these guys, man, LeBron has never participated in the dunk contest. Yeah. You know, a lot of the guys that are so-called high flyers, they'll 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 do it one year, and if they win or don't win, they don't want to participate anymore. And it's like, then just do away with the contest and keep the skills challenge and the three-point contest. And then maybe have a competition where you bring the ladies in from the WNBA and have, have a, a mixed contest going on or something. They did that a few years where they had teams – uh, of WNBA players, NBA players, they would team up for some of the events. So, but the dunk contest, not what it was. Or, or what I've talked to a few people about too is like a lot of these guys that are quote professional dunkers that that get in these contests out in the street. Let those guys get in and compete against yep. NBA players. Yeah, <laughs> I bet yeah. you that Open would it up. It up. Yeah, that would liven it up. So. But that's my thoughts on NBA All-Star Saturday. I think it was last Sunday. Last Sunday. It was one day. And like you say, man, 170 points, that's a a lot of points. Hmm. But it was for charity, good cause, HBCU. So you can't be mad about that. I I, I applaud them for doing that uh, because our HBCUs do need financial help uh, across the board, I do believe. So so it was good. Good cause. So um, as a sideline to that, since we're talking basketball, uh, this week, there was a story that came out. Uh, NBA legend uh, was, uh, you know, given a tough time about getting into the house that he built. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll let you kick that off, man, and get your thoughts on uh, what happened with Patrick Ewing this past week. Yeah, just imagine <laughs> what would happen if Michael Jordan went to. Uh, the United Center, and someone said, excuse me, sir, but you can't come in here. Um, And they would probably look at you like, you know who the hell that is? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just just imagine if if Tom Brady went to uh, Boston, went into some place, and they question, excuse me, uh, sir, uh, you, you can't come in here. Right. Just just imagine. <laughs> just just imagine if A-Rod went to New York City, went to Yankee Stadium and tried to get in and someone tried to stop him. Yeah. You think they wouldn't notice him? Now, yep. Patrick Ewing, Patrick Ewing who is the head basketball coach of his alma mater, uh, Georgetown University, who was going there to participate in the, the tournament, yep, you know, Big the East Big, East, Big East tournament. Yep. <laughs> someone says, excuse me, sir, but you can't, you can't get in here. I mean, first of all, how many seven foot one people do you see walking around? <laughs> And I, I'm pretty sure that he probably had a good idea since the Big East tournament is going on and a seven-foot guy is walking around that he's probably going to be connected to one of the schools that's there. On top of that, there's probably pictures of Patrick Ewan throughout the building. Yep. 
And his number is hanging in the rafters of the damn building. <laughs> and you're going to question him, but his 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 press conference was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to have to go up and pull my damn jersey down and tell him that I belong in here? <laughs> that was pretty funny. So those, those are my thoughts on it. <laughs> How about yeah, I, you, you know, I, and 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 my wife and I were debating this. She said, "Well, maybe this guy who stopped him was a young guy and didn't know who Patrick Ewing was." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll give you that." But if you're an employee at Madison Square Garden, I would think that the staff there would say, "Look, on occasion we get some famous people coming to these games, and these are some of the people you might see here." <laughs> you know, because yeah. they did the same thing to Spike Lee. Spike Lee did yep. the same thing to Charles Oakley. Oakley, and now yep. Patrick Ewing. So it's like education is important too. It's like, hey, if you see these people in the arena, they are important to the legacy of Madison Square Garden, the Knicks, whatever. You know, hey, they're they're good to go. We're telling you these people are good to go. So, yeah, Patrick, he had me rolling. He, he's like, I'm going to have to go talk to the president. My, my jersey hanging in the rafters. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, but uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate that that happened. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's some education needs to take place. Yeah. If, if you're working in a spot, man, and and famous people frequent that place, I think you need to educate your staff as to say, hey, these people, you know, come to the games or whatnot. And like you say, I'm sure Patrick's picture is all over the garden somewhere, man, and in different, you know, spots that who's this is who this guy is. This is who he, he has yeah, a legacy here. Larry Bird yeah, shows up to the Boston Garden and says, I'm sorry, sir, but you can't come in here. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on, it, man. That, it's all yeah, yeah. Larry Bird shows up at the garden, but you won't let him in. <laughs> really? You know, I, I thought that was interesting that uh, Patrick had to deal with that. So, but yeah, yeah. some education needs to take place on that. So um, <laughs> hopefully they'll deal with that and we don't have to hear about some famous New York Nick or a fan or whatnot being, uh, you know, being told they can't come into certain spots within the garden. So now, now if Wayne Nelson or Steve Johnson went to Etown High School right now, <laughs> right now. They'll probably go, who, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> right, right. Who are you? <laughs> and we'd, we'd have to show up, we'd have to flash something on them, you know? Right, right. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it's comical, but sad, but true. <laughs> sad, but true. So, oh, gosh. Speaking of sad, um, this next topic, and I know this one here, man, I know you got some thoughts on this, man. The comments made by the Wisconsin uh, Senator Ron Johnson made that just show what an asshole this guy is. Uh, the fact that, um, you know, I wasn't scared on January the 6th. You know, the the people that were rioting and tearing up the Capitol and killing Capitol Police and committing all kind of, you know, uh, unlawful acts, they love this country. And, you know, I would never think they would disrespect law enforcement or break any laws. But, if it had been some black folks coming up in here, I might have been scared. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? God so almighty. I, I'm like, right, right, right there, his statement that 
one, it, it, his statement is telling that we already knew that those folks felt we ain't got nothing to worry about. Ain't nobody going to mess with us. We're exercising our white privilege. We know nobody's going to mess with us. And he echoed that cinema by saying, I ain't afraid of these people, and here's why. Yep. But you afraid of black folk, and you've lumped every black person with your statement. You've lumped all of us into a bag which says, we don't love America. We don't love this country. We have disrespect for law enforcement, and you have to fear black people. Uh, that that just incensed me to no end, man. But it's it's good. We we know who you are. I mean, we've known who you are, yep. but we clearly know who you are now. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, first of all, Wisconsin need to kick his ass out of office. Okay, let's let's put that up there. Um, he the the idea of hating people is a norm for that party. They're, they're happy. They're not happy until they. Find somebody to hate, and he is an asshole. It's just yep. like uh, him making them read the American yeah. Relief, uh, the the American Relief uh, Act they just passed. Yeah, you know, read all six hundred pages of it. Some poor ninety pages. Some poor orderlies <laughs> took eleven hours to read that because he said we want you to read it just to delay. Yeah, and then. He comes out with what you said is that on January 6th, there was no problem with folks coming up in here and doing that, whatever. I had no fear. But if it was Black Lives Matter, I would have had some some concern. Right. Racist, racist, racist. Let's let's go back for a second. Let's go back to August of 2020. There was a meeting of. 200,000 black folks went to Washington, D.C., and yep. not one person was arrested. Not one person tried to go into the Capitol and try to overthrow it and so on. And he has the nerve to say that he's afraid of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. What a what a nut. OK, Um Adding to that, the people that showed up on January the 6th, let's let's compare the two groups. One mostly white, one mostly black. The ones mostly black, before they went to the Lincoln Memorial, they could not bring anything other than themselves. Okay. They could not even bring water bottles with them. That was against their rules. They couldn't bring water bottles. They couldn't bring anything that would could be considered a weapon. And I guess throwing a 20-ounce water bottle is a weapon. So they were banned from bringing water bottles. They had to get over 27 permits to, to get their spot, and those permits were went over with with a fine tooth comb. All right, there were National Guard soldiers that were standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial so that they couldn't go up there and do something to Lincoln. All right, yeah. so that's the the side that's Black Lives Matter or Black folks. Let's look at the white folks. They. 
didn't have to really get any permission because the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue ordered them there and they didn't have to go through the permits like Black Lives Matter did. Next thing, they brought any damn thing that they wanted to bring. Well, see, the black folks can't even bring a bottle bottle of water. (laughs) While you look at the privileged white folks, they brought Trump flags. They bought uh, don't tread on me flags. They bought pepper spray. They bought uh, electric uh, uh, cattle prods. They bought bats, bats. They bought crutches. They brought sticks. They brought stones. They brought any damn thing they can put their hands on and took it to the Capitol. A couple people tried to blow up the Senate buildings. One person tried to blow up the Senate buildings with two, with two bombs. Yep. They had weapons. And then because they didn't get their way, they stormed the Capitol building looking for PAP, punk-ass Pence, looking for <laughs> uh, uh, people that they wanted to, to hurt because yep. they had a sore ass because they lost the election. It makes no sense. And Ron Johnson, who was a senator who stood up there and stand up there and basically said that I'm afraid of black people, but I'm okay with white folks. They can do whatever they want. I'm not afraid of them. I'm afraid of black people. That's the same old narrative that racists have. Yep. Yep. And you, you get tired of it, man. You get you get tired of it. And as, as as my wife and I were talking this morning, man, you just can't wake up every day and just be. You know what I'm saying? There, there's always an issue that we got to deal with as black folks. You just can't wake up and be. And so um, I, I was like, man, this dude, he is unhinged, man, that you've pretty much told, you know, if we we, we already knew. But now you've put it out there. You know, we're we we I'd be afraid if them black folks were up in here. I'd be scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you got to be scared of black folks. So, it's always something, man. But I think it's good. We know we already knew who you were, but now it's real clear where you stand, what you believe, and hopefully, um, somebody will get together and get people in Wisconsin to get them together and vote his dumb ass out of office. I think he's up for election next year as well. And and vote him out. Yeah. Uh, him and, oh. and a lot of other people that are that are so damaging right now. Um, you know, and the the Republican Party is a joke. It is a joke. And yeah, uh, they need to get rid of all these folks, man, that that really have no intention of governing whatsoever. All they want to do is raise help. That's it. Yeah. And they want to follow the, the past occupant because. Yep. He yep. put the playbook down. He, the, yep. the, the more stupid you can act, and that's exactly how we're going to be. Yeah. You know, it's so it. um, the the GOP has become the POG, which <laughs> means the party of grievance, because all they do yep. is bitch and complain about yep. stuff. Yep. They're yep. not happy unless they hate somebody. Yep. And right now, you know, the fact that none of them voted for the American Relief Act um they're complaining you know well it's a left wing bill and all that. i mean really i mean they they care nothing about the fact that people are suffering in this country and and the good things that this bill is going to do for people they can't even get behind that no you know they can't get behind that so my view is biden harris 
and and the people that want to be down with with Biden Harris, they need to ram everything they can for the next two years. They need to get everything done they want to get done. Screw these dumbass Republicans, man. They don't want to support the program. Screw them. Get done what you need to get done, and and they'll they'll cry and bitch about it just like like they're doing now. But it's no. You 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 don't care about the country. You want to talk about people being loyal Americans and whatnot. These people, they they do not care about anyone but themselves, which is the playbook from the previous occupant. So, uh, you know, the American Relief Act, it passed. It's great. Uh, a lot of folks are already getting their stimulus checks. Um, I think you're going to see some things start to turn around for folks in the country. Uh, I think the next thing on his agenda, he's going to look at the infrastructure bill, you know, getting uh, bridges and roads and that type of stuff, uh, you know, fixed across the country, which will put a lot of people to work, a lot of jobs for folks. But these sorry Republicans, they'll have something to complain about that, man. Like you said, they got to have something to bitch about. (laughs) Yeah. Got to have something to bitch about because it didn't go my way. So I got to cry and complain about it. And it's like. You know, if I was Biden, it's like, screw you. I got I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one the one thing, Wayne, that um, they can't really criticize too much about. And that is the fact that the guy that's in the office is a white old white man. Yep. As opposed yep. to right. 2009 when the black guy won the yep. office. They, yep. they they can't target. Nope. Biden like they targeted uh, nope. Obama because he doesn't fit that range of health. He's not nope. part of the Black Lives Matter group. Nope. Okay. Nope. And so on. So yeah. Um, yeah. That, I, I know it's yeah. I know it's irritating them because they can't they can't attack him on that level. I know it's irritating the hell yeah. out of them. Yeah. You know. But, uh, you know, I, I applaud what he's doing so far. Uh, he's taking on COVID. He's, he's, man, he is battling COVID, uh, trying to get people vaccinated. Um, he, he's out there. Look, hey, I need people to get it, get behind the program. I mean, what more could you want from your president, man? It's, it's, it pales in comparison to what we had for four years. We had foolishness. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have foolishness. And now we got somebody here that's doing the work, that wants to do the work, and people are complaining about that. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Yep. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, he's going to do what he's got to do. And I say, you know, those Republicans, screw you, man. Here's the middle finger to you. You know, <laughs> I got to do what I got to do for the people of this country. And that's that's what he was hired to do, and he's going to do that. So. Uh, much, much power to, to President Joe Biden, man, doing the work, doing the work. Putting in the work and hadn't Put, been on the golf course yet. Put, yeah, he, he ain't been golfing and tweeting <laughs> and all his other foolishness, man. He's doing the work and, and he hasn't been lying to people. Yeah. You know, he gets up there and he tells people the truth and you should respect that. But like you say, man, the 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 party of grievances, they got to find something to bitch about. Because it didn't go our way, so don't want to beat that to death. We'll leave it. We leave it where it is. Uh, we we know those people are sorry, and we'll leave it at that. So yes, yeah, some some turds will float back up to the top. So we'll yeah, talk right. about it again. That's right. <laughs> so our um, our last topic for the evening 
And uh, I think most people saw the interview uh, that Oprah conducted with uh, Harry and Meghan, and there was some fallout from that interview. And um, I'll I'll let you kick it off, man, as to um, what do you think? I mean, I'll just say before I let you get into it, I was skeptical. I was skeptical of Meghan Markle to to begin with. I thought, you know, that man, she's over there trying to she trying to run things and then do it her way and whatnot. And um, I have a newfound respect for her now based upon some of the things that came out in that interview. I have a different view of her now. So I'll leave it at that. I'll let I'll let you throw your thoughts down on it. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, first of all, let me put it this way. I've always been that guy who said that, you know, in 1776, we told Britain to kiss our ass and the hell with them. <laughs> and Anytime it comes up to seeing stuff about the royal family, I it immediately turns me off. Okay, that's been my attitude. It immediately turns me off. I, it, you know, I watch NBC News in the morning or whatever, and for some reason, they always anything that happens, the Queen went out and took a shit. Well, the Queen went out and took a shit today. <laughs> you know. Prince Charles had a, a zit taken off his nose. Prince Paul Charles had a zit taken off his nose today. And then it goes on and on and on and on. And I'm like, we gained their independence from those guys in 1776. Why in the hell we have to continue to talk about them? They right. are royalty over there, not in right. America. Right. Okay. Now, granted, England eliminated slavery a century before the United States did. They they did a uh, hundred years before that they had banned slavery. Okay, kudos on that. However, I don't I don't like the idea that this family has so much control over those people over there. You know, yes, there is a parliament. Yes, there is a royal family. Yes, they're multi bazillionaires, I guess you can say. And if it wasn't for incest, hell, they wouldn't be where they are today. (laughs) Just saying, you know, uh, so that's always has been my take on them. I really never wanted to talk about those people because it pissed me off. However, you know, with Meghan Markle going over there and marrying, you know, uh, Harry, I actually watched. Now, any other time, I would not have watched that. But since Meghan Markle was part of it, and I, <laughs> I watched the what's the the not the sitcom, but the series she was in. Was it Suits? Yeah, Suits. Yeah. I watched Suits and saw her in there, so I kind of followed her a little bit because of that. And so, of course, they went over there and had the wedding and so on, and. Um, they made it look like they're going to be, um, you know, inclusive to Megan, uh, Markle and her family. You know, the mom showed up to the wedding. Actually, we found out the fake wedding <laughs> from the broadcast. Mom showed up for the fake wedding. Dad wasn't allowed to come to the fake wedding. So that I always thought, well, why didn't they let the father come? And I know there's been some some t- attention between 
you know, Megan, the father and the mom and all that. So anyway, as I started listening to the, uh, the broadcast and Oprah was, you know, Oprah's good. You know, she asked the right questions and she did not let them off the hook. Nope. Uh, so she had follow up questions for them. And then when she started talking about, you know, that they showed a different side of how they treated Kate and then Megan, you know, and how the British press, you know, pursued them and was making them out to be the bad guy. And, and Harry came in and said that he was concerned about maybe them pursuing her so much that something crazy could happen, you know, like it happened to his mom, you know, Princess Diana and so on, in which, you know, um, he didn't want to see that happen again. So, you know, it was eye opening that some of the things that she said that we didn't know about, like, you know, the wedding was the second time they got married or whatever. Uh, That was eye opening. I I felt. And then when they asked a question about, you know, you know, somebody asked a question about, well, what will the baby look like? Is he going to look like her? Is she going to look, is he going to look black? Is he, and, you know, first thing Lynn and I said, well, look at the ears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of folks don't realize that when black, when black kids come out, they come out, both of my kids came out super light, yeah. you know, I mean, light complected, you know, and we always hope, hope, parents always told us to look at the ears because the ears show you kind of what what they're going to be like, you know? They had darker ears. They're going to be darker people, but Alex and Stephanie both came out. They were white like white kids, you know, with the exception of having a head full of hair, okay? (laughs) But the ears were dark, so we knew they were going to get dark. So that was a question. The other thing is that Lynn and I said, well, who would ask that question like what color would they be? And so when Harry said, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather, you know, they wouldn't ask questions. I said, okay, it wasn't them. (laughs) So now it's like, who was it? Who is it? I mean, because, you know, they got got so many brothers and aunts and uncles and cousins and all that stuff. They're all over there. So somebody. And so he's not going to say who it was, but he did kind of make mention that he and his father don't talk so much today. Yeah, yeah. So Lynn and I thought it's either Camilla or it was it was Ears uh, yeah. who who made that comment. So it was interesting. I, I watched the whole thing, you know, two years ago. You wouldn't have gotten me to watch it because I'm just so <laughs> disinterested in the Royals. And now yeah. that the interview's over with, I'm still disinterested in the Royals, to be honest, you know, because yeah. I'm more concerned about America. <laughs> Yeah, I'm concerned about yeah. my life here. The hell with those guys over there, you know. Yeah. The yeah, best thing the best things coming out of England right England right now are black British actors and actresses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, your thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I I, I echo some of those sentiments. I I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just, I've always liked Harry of the two brothers. I've always liked Harry because I think Harry, I don't really think Harry subscribed to a lot of that, you know, (laughs) all that royalty business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't think he subscribed to that. And here he is now, like, oh, you bringing a, you bringing a sister girl up up in here? It's like, no, (laughs) no, 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 we can't have that, man. So Harry has always marched to the beat of his own drum, man. And, uh, you know, Megan is, uh, Megan, who's you? Megan is very outspoken. Yep. And, uh, I, I think that, that, that took some people by surprise. If they, if they didn't know that, I think it caught them off guard. They're like, wow, this lady does. She's speak her own mind. She's got her own mind, you know, whatnot. Shut up and and be a royal. Yeah. So um, the interview was very telling in a lot of ways, man. And uh, I think now it sheds a different light on the royal family. Um, I'm like you, man. I don't necessarily follow them per se. Uh, I watch The Crown. I don't know if you watch The Crown. Yeah, I watch I'll The watch, Crown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I really saw in there how badly they treated Princess Di. I mean, it, you know, even though it was fictional, but you heard a lot of those sentiments in real life that. You know how she was treated, man. And uh, you, you, you know, Harry's like, man, I don't, I don't want my wife being treated like my mom was. You know, I don't want that for her. So um, I, I think they probably are better off trying to do their own thing, uh, be their own, uh, you know, be their own people. You know, they're a couple. They got a young family. The fact that they stripped away, as I told my wife, is like, okay, Harry is still the damn Prince of Wales. Harry <laughs> got, he is still the Prince of Wales, and. He is due some type of security just for that reason alone. And Megan said, you know, hey, I, I'm not necessarily wanting security for my family, but my husband is still the Prince of Wales. You know, uh, Harry, yeah, I think he's the Prince of Wales, I think. And so he, they stripped his security from him. So he's like, I got to take care of my family because people know where we are. They know where we live, this type of thing. I got to have protection for my family. So I applaud I applaud both of them, man. Like I said, I, I have a new view uh, about Megan uh, after the interview because I thought like, okay, sister girl over there trying to tell the queen how to run things and this and that and totally different from, from her story. And now people say there's two sides to every story. Right. The queen spoke out this week, gave a statement. William has gave, given a statement. But uh, nobody is probably going to address the key issues that she brought up, you know, head on. You're probably never going to hear uh, a detailed response to what she said, that someone questioned uh, the skin color of her child and uh, the fact that, you know, she, she was reaching out for mental, uh, mental health help and didn't get it. So, yeah. And, you know, so, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, other thing those, that goes along with this is that. The royal family, Queen Elizabeth, who's 94 years old, if her uncle hadn't abdicated his throne, then she wouldn't have been the queen. No. Okay. And the the British press and the British people were so upset because uh, Edward, her uncle, married uh, an American. Imagine that. And the American was a divorcee and they just went totally ballistic on that. (laughs) So mad that they 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 forced the man to abdicate and he ended up living most of his life outside of of England because the British people were so upset with him. Yeah. Now, let's 
let's bring that let's bring that around. Prince Charles married Diana, but always uh, had an affair with a married woman, Camilla. Yep. Diane died or gets they get divorced. Ooh, divorce. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he marries Camilla, who was divorced. And then you go to Harry, who marries Megan, who is divorced. Yeah. And they bring that up. You know, yeah. I never I never knew that she was divorced, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Okay. So they they throw that in her face as well. Yeah. yeah. And so they're they're blaming Megan for the divorce. They excuse Charles. They excuse, um, and then they blame the uncle for a divorce back in the 1930s. Okay, so you know they are inconsistent with their uh, subject uh, yep. subjectivity of the royal royal family and the yep. titles that they want to give. Oh. We're not going to, your kid's never going to have a title. Right, your kid. Well, all these other fools got titles. Right, right. You know, they never said anything about Andrew who was fooling around. You know, Andrew, you know, got caught up in the Jeffrey Epstein. They didn't take his his title away. Nope, they didn't take his title. And they they haven't said a whole hell of a lot about that either. No, no. You know, so you have to wonder, man, you know, why, why are you guys being so... Like you say, you're 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 nitpicking uh, what's going on with the black girl, and uh, but I, you know, now we know, and uh, I think a lot of people, man, have uh, have a newfound respect for Megan. And uh, like I said, I've always liked Harry. Of the two brothers, I've always liked Harry, man. Yeah, Harry is he he's he's his own man. And I think that's what his mom, if his mom was still alive, I think that's what she would want. She'd want right. for him to to march to his own uh, his own set of uh, his own set of music, you know, and do what you got to do to take care of your family and not have your wife out here being subject to, you know, people following her and trying to get dirt on her all the time and whatnot. Now he's free from that. And uh, I, I applaud. I applaud what they're doing, man. So who knows what's going to happen, man? Uh, the, this is the royal family's got to deal with it, however they choose to deal with it. And like you've given a lot of examples there, um, they're never going to come out and make any definitive statement about anything that they said in that interview because they, they don't want that light. They don't want that light shining on them. Yeah, their ass is so tight, man. They won't they yeah. won't give up. If they cough. Yeah. They'll do it in public. I mean, do it in private. Yeah. You know? So. I mean, that's just—it's just how it is. Yeah. You know. It is what it is, man. You know, they got the power to do whatever the hell they want to do. Like yeah. I said, they, you know, they changed their name because you know they really were German. Right. You know, so they changed their name. They want, you know, they want just to do, do what they want because you know they got the titles. Right. And right. that's never going to change. It's just how it is because they they done it for so long it is true it is, you know? is true and and i think the british people i think the british people kind of like that because it makes them kind of unique right right you know it's kind of like the emperor of japan yep same thing you know you know it's, same the, it's thing. the same thing and, and the rest of the world has gotten away from that yeah you know and there's a couple yeah. that are stuck stuck in that you know so yeah yeah all right cool beans so 
uh, wrapping up here. We're a little bit past the top of the hour. I know you have a, another appointment to get to. So we want to throw out one more topic, and that is it is um, uh, Women's History Month. And we want to highlight uh, the great work that so many women are doing uh, around the world, not just in our country, but around the world, man. There are a lot of women doing great things. And uh, in our country, we are blessed, man, that we have a woman VP. We're getting close. We're getting close to uh, to one day having a woman at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but we're, we'll take the VP for now. And uh, we want her to do tremendously well. And I think a lot of what's going on is going to position her uh, to possibly throw her hat in the ring to run for president in uh, 2024. Um, But there are a lot of great women out there doing great things um, in so many avenues of our society. Uh, They don't get the notoriety for it. um, But a lot of them are are doing the work in and out day after day after day. So we want to highlight that tonight. And and wish every woman out there that's doing great things for society, for her family, for the military, all these avenues uh, that women participate in or are part of. We want to say thank you and continue the good work that you're doing. Yep. Your thoughts? Yep. Go back. Let's go. Let's go back to the '70s and talk about Gloria Steinem. Yes. You know that you know, she was the leading force in the women's liberation movement. Okay, yep. from from that era. And of course, you know, women aren't aren't supposed to be out in the workforce, according to Phyllis Schlafly and so on. So there's a big thing with, you know, women's independence and women standing home and taking care of the kids and so on. But the world has changed so much, as you mentioned, that uh, women are playing a major role around the world. Yeah. You know, there have been women leaders of countries. It just yeah. hadn't made it to the United States yet. It hadn't made it to our shores yet. <laughs> there, as we sit here, there are women flying planes for the United States Air Force and the Marines, okay, yeah. and the Navy. And you they know, are. You know, there are, yeah, there are women that are in every field of human endeavor, Yeah. okay? And so uh, this month, month of February— is is designated as Women's History Month. So uh, once again, yeah, like you said, we we applaud applaud all their uh, uh, efforts. And yeah. you know we got we got uh, women in our family that are doing great things as well. Absolutely. And so we're gonna we're gonna say we salute you. Uh, we're blessed to have you in our lives. And as I always say, just keep moving forward and keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. And uh, time is moving, brother. It's March. <laughs> so you it's March. We're in, we're in the middle of March. You mentioned March? it's February, but we're in March. March. Oh, March. <laughs> it is March. Hell. We are in March, man. <laughs> My and, bad. Uh, yeah, we're in March. So Women's History Month is March. So uh, yeah, we want to want to want to re- make sure that people understand. Yeah, we 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 not that old. We remember what month it is. <laughs> March. <laughs> Yeah, it was a slip of the tongue. I slip guess of the I, tongue, man. Yeah. Slip of the tongue. It happened. Tomorrow, tomorrow is the Ides of March. The so Ides of March. Yep. Beware tomorrow. of people bearing knives. That's right. <laughs> beware the Ides of March. Yep. Smiling faces sometimes. That's it, man. The undisputed truth. Tonight, <laughs> speaking of, you mentioned that tonight's the Grammys. I don't necessarily watch. Uh, I think it's a popularity contest. 
Yep. Uh, but there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of artists out there, man, that I've had my eye on. Uh, one is Brittany Howard. I don't know if you're familiar with Brittany Howard. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Brittany Howard. Um, she was uh, she's part of a group called the Alabama Shakes, and um, she came out. She did she did a several projects with the Alabama Shakes, and then she came out with her own solo project. It's called Jamie. I encourage you to go out there and take a look at it. Uh, take a look at it. Take a listen to it. Uh, <laughs> well, you but, can look yeah. at it too because I'm sure there's a video. Yeah, there's probably a video, YouTube, whatnot. But uh, she is she is a different type of voice. Uh, you can't really put her in a category, but her music is tight, man. Her music mm-hmm. is tight. And then there's a brother. He's British. He's a guitar yep. player. Yep. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Michael. Michael. Uh, he was on CBS uh, this morning. They had a profile yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he is tight too, man. So, uh, those those are two artists I've got my eye on uh, to watch, and uh, I've I've got a I've downloaded pretty much not everything off of Brittany Howard's CD, but the the songs that like I really like I've downloaded those. But check Brittany Howard out, and then check the check the gentleman out. I think it's Michael. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh. He's from Uganda. He's Ugandan, yep. and uh, he's he he's again. You can't put this guy in a box. He he's his music covers so many genres, man. And uh, so I think he's up for uh, he's up for a Grammy tonight, a Grammy nomination. He's up for an award, and I think Brittany Howard, one of the songs off of Jamie, is up for uh, for a Grammy mm-hmm. tonight. So okay. So I don't necessarily watch, but uh, I still keep my ear to the to the ground when it comes to what's happening in the music scene because. That's what I do. I'm like yep. Kevin Hart. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this name Michael Kuwanaki or something? Kuwanaki yeah, yeah. or something Michael like that? Kuwanaki or Kuwanaki. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's tight, man. He's a guitar yeah. player. He is nice, man. Real nice. Yep. Yep. I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I am loving Apple Music because I, I download something every day, man. My uh-huh playlist is getting bigger and bigger and bigger he All was right. on he was on sunday morning i just went yep. right to it and just being yeah. i want that one i want that one i want that one yeah yeah and it just added it to the library yeah yeah he he's tight man i, I like his stuff and like i say Brittany howard um I, I i started getting into her when she was at alabama shakes and uh again they're an eclectic type group you can't yep. really pigeonhole their music either but then she did her solo project, and again, it's just a reflection of all the genres that she could cover, and a really great CD. So those are my two uh, my two picks, man, as we close out this episode of Across the Tracks, man. It's been a pleasure. It has, it has, it has. So, well, appreciate it, brother. We yeah, are always, going to continue my friend. on, and uh, hopefully the snow abates from <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. And you guys really get some uh, spring weather. Yeah. And then um, we'll see what happens. So I know Lynn and I are going to take a little trip down to uh, warmer climates. So in the next uh, week or so. Yeah. And uh, set up a set up a Casa de Jansion Dua. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, my friend. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. By so the way, little, man, we 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 got our COVID vaccines. 
Okay. And uh, we've got our first dose. We go back here the first of April, get our second, and after that, man, we we're gonna try to take us a little trip somewhere. So cool. Yeah. Now, you know, you got two weeks after the. Did you get the Johnson? We got uh no they they don't they don't have the J and J out here. Uh, okay. Uh, Cynthia got the Moderna and I got the Pfizer. Yeah, we're the same. I got Moderna and Lynn got Pfizer. So yeah. Lynn gets her second shot on um mon- next Monday, okay. the 22nd. Okay. And I get mine on April the 5th. Yep. I get mine on so. April the 1st and Cynthia gets hers on April the 2nd. So once once we get that underway and a couple of weeks after that, we're like, we got to get the hell out of this house. <laughs> It'll be yeah, nice, man, just to just to get out and do something. So, yep. Yep. It's all so. good, man. Hopefully more people are getting vaccinated and, and, and we need to get this wipe this out, get this under control, man. Get yes. it under control. Yep. So it's all good. Bring life so, back. All right, my friend. All until right, next week. Yes, sir. As we always uh, sign off, I am going to use the words of the great King T'Challa, and it is Wakanda forever. And as usual for me, Chiliama Dopo. Ciao, and like three strikes, we're out. We're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individual's and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.